Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Harry, welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. I am really excited to talk about your book, Selling with Dignity. But before we go into it, I got to know who you are. So tell us who you are and what you do. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. First of all, Jody, this is a blast. In the green room, you bring the energy and totally put me at ease. So thank you very much for that. Um, so I am a former missionary that had to build a career in sales. And I did that through the stuff I learned as a missionary, which is a lot of emotional intelligence, even though my wife may disagree at times, but I really focus on that. And so I wrote this book called Selling with Dignity to help people who are not natural salespeople who say, I'm not good at sales. I'm not cut out for sales. So I wanted to help those people because I used to be one of you. And so I feel like being a good person, you can do a lot of good in sales with a little bit of coaching and help. So that's what I do is I help small businesses and people get better at sales. So thank you. Awesome. Well, before we dive into the business part, as a missionary, where all did you go? Where did you get to serve at? Yeah, well, uh, the longest duration was in the Dominican Republic. We spent two years there and that was at the very end. Uh, We got our travel bug, though. We went to um, Berlin, Germany and helped chip away at the Berlin Wall in 1990. And then in 1992, we were in St. Petersburg, Russia, of all places, right when that was opening up. So Christianity and freedom, all that stuff was going on. And so we got our toes in the water and like the travel bug. So selfishly, we're adventurous and, you know, we like people along the way. So why not combine the two? And that's where we became uh, more interested in doing mission work. Wonderful. And so you came back from all your mission work, decided you needed a job and you, and you go into sales. What motivated you to go to sales, knowing that maybe that wasn't what you felt like maybe was what you were meant to be, or that, you know, you weren't that traditional salesperson. Clearly. And in fact, I read this book called the greatest salesman in the world written by Og Mandino a few times. And I went, oh, this is a lot like being a missionary. It's about love and treating people well and kindness and emotional intelligence and persistence. So I can do all that. And then I ended up getting into sales bullpen, which, uh, yeah, that was a little bit different. So the sales bullpen from Wolf of Wall Street or Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you can pick a movie, is not where a lot of missionaries end up. So... I was stuck. I stood out to say the least, but I had a blast, learned a ton, and then figured out how I needed to sell in a way that worked for me and incorporate, you know, some of the things that I learned in my sitting next to people that were selling for years. Yeah, I think that a lot of people have an assumption of what a salesperson is. And it, it is that that Wall Street that or that used car salesman mm-hmm. mentality when sales is so much different than what you see in the movies or that you you expect um, from whatever cartoonish salesperson that you 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 know grew up un- like learning about or what whatnot. So when yeah. you when you got the book, you read it, you you get 
thrown into this, you know, the, the, the toughest sales probably world <laughs> being in that bullpen. What were some things that you were like, oh, I, I can bring this from my missionary experience or the emotional intelligence I've learned that made, that made you a little different and helped you succeed? Yeah, I think a uh, great question. And the first thing that comes to my mind is listening. So in sales, it's all about what you say. And when I learned that you could actually listen and not worry so much about what you're going to say, because I had zero business acumen, none, nada, that I learned in Spanish. So here I was selling $50,000, started at $20,000, these color printers back in the mid 90s. And I was in these rooms talking to IT directors and marketing people about technology. It's like, I better be a good listener because I certainly don't know what the heck they're talking about. And I took a lot of notes, found the right people. And this is where I learned about team selling, which is get with the smart people. It's humility. So there's a lot of things that tied in perfectly with what I learned in the past, whereas I didn't feel like I was this egocentric salesperson that had to know everything. They had to tell people a lot what they knew, what they didn't know. And so I fit in as this servant-minded consultative salesperson without really knowing that's what I was doing. So I kind of stumbled across that uh, for, you know, and then I built a career on that. Well, that's so smart. I think the the listening part, because I think a lot of times we are, we're so focused on what, how are we going to rebuttal or how Mm -hmm. are we going to sell this, you know, new product or, you know, how can I, you know, twist this conversation into what I need it to be when actually if you let it organically happen and you listen, you start to hear what they need and then you're able to connect. Can I help them with those needs? And, And that was something that I learned about when I became an IT recruiter, because I was not an IT professional. I knew nothing about IT outside Mm -hmm. of being kind of tech savvy for what I could do, you know, with a computer. And it was all about being vulnerable and telling my candidates, tell me what you do. I don't know. I'm not in IT. Can you please explain to me exactly what you do so that I can help you move forward? And so it's kind of that same philosophy, uh, which I always think sales and recruiting are very similar, but I can go on that about that forever, oh, Harry, but let's talk about the book. So I want to know one, why did you decide to sit down and write it? And, and then tell us a little bit about kind of what it's about and kind of some takeaways that someone can get from the book. Well, have you ever had a little voice tell you something to do? Jody? All the time, Harry, yes. but they're usually not good voices, but carry <laughs> on, carry on. <laughs> well, I had the little voice tell me to write a book and it was something I just could not escape. So that's, I literally had this moment where I'm sitting out contemplating the future. And then this voice hit me and I immediately started writing or typing on a computer immediately. And I didn't wait. 10 years earlier, I talked to people about writing a book and I never did anything. And I said, it would be great. I've got all of this background information about sales, mission. I could write this book called Sell Like It's Your Mission. And then uh, I started writing it, even though I changed the name to Selling with Dignity, because I felt like it hit more of a broader thing about bringing dignity to sales and through it, it would help you be better as a human being. Um, And because that's really the big thing for me is to help people to be their best and be their best parent, be the best spouse, 
you know, be the best child. Not that I am, right? But it's like you always want to work at this stuff. And through sales, I felt like this is where I brought my mission in the past to now in sales and now to being this person that writes a book and talks to others about it. I'm sure you have a lot of stories from your mission days that you were able to spin into the book and talk about how you learned something about another person and that you were able to take that knowledge and be a better salesperson. Yeah. I, I, you know, the whole thing about like when you're being a mission. So we were in countries where we didn't speak the language. So communicating and understanding people is a whole lot different when you can't really speak the language very well. So that makes you a much better listener, but also a person that with empathy. And so an example could come to mind is one that I write about in the book is where people would offer us a beverage. I mean, it's a simple act, offer a beverage in the Dominican Republic. The problem was, is that they could drink water out of the river that, you know, that's what a lot of people did. They went down to the river every day, got buckets of barrels of water and mixed it with their juice and, you know, offered it to strangers. <laughs> it was polite, but, you know, a lot of people who are doing the mission work like ourselves would get very sick with amoebas, but they're people. So the way some of the missionaries reacted to this, and they would tell us, they said, don't drink the water. Tell them you can't drink the juice or whatever. Just tell them straight out. But I recognized that their feelings, they just didn't understand when we said no. And so when we said no, it's not because they didn't understand the language. They didn't understand why we would turn down the gift. And that to me was bringing that human element into it and say, I've got to help this. I've got to let them down slowly and not just say it makes me sick. And then it just became where we were respected more. And how does that tie into sales? It's it's all about reading people. And sometimes we, you know, if someone could tell us something and we could say, no, that's wrong or no, that's not the way it works. And it, it's crushing. Right. Because now they have a voice and you just crushed it. So the way we do that differently is by showing empathy and putting the, ourselves in that other person's shoes as them uh, helps us relate better and build up our you know, sense of community better that way. What's your thought on that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that it is. It's one of those things where if you're not communicating together in a way that you guys understand each other. So it could be like in the Dominican where you just, you know, there was a, just a language barrier, but then at the same time, you know, if you're in a sales meeting and you're talking in one language, I'm talking in a different language, you know, let's say you're very technical and I'm not all of a sudden, we're not going to be able to communicate with each other. But if you start to look at body language, if you start to, instead of saying, no, I love saying yes. And, you know, instead Mm. of, you know, going, cause no, just feels so hard. You know, yeah, <laughs> I does. agree. Rejection yeah. is hard. Even, I mean, I always tell people you can reject me all day. I've been a recruiter my whole life. I've, I've gone through rejection, but that doesn't mean the person I'm talking to is okay with rejection. <laughs> so again, I can't, you know, I, I can't be, you know, I can't assume again that they can do that, but if I can at least have a human element to it explaining, you know, why 
my yes and is actually really a no, but I'm I'm really you know wanting to make sure they feel comfortable with my conversation. All of that is really important, especially in sales. But like you said, when you talked about writing the book, being a good human in general. Yeah. Well, I just love what you said, Jody, in the sense that this is where real empathy comes in. So most people think when we hear the expression, I'm going to put myself in their shoes, we do that as me. So you can deal with no. So you could say, I say to myself, just get over it. There's a lot of no's in life. Get over it. You deal with it every day. Get over it. Well, if we have that attitude, I'm just going to say to this person, no, and get over it because now I can relate to you because I deal with no all the time. I can relate. See, that's mm-hmm. different, right? We're not relating. We're relating as us, not as them. So putting ourselves in their shoes is how, since they're not dealing with the word no as often as I am, how might they be thinking with the word no or with whatever the topic is? Maybe they're not great with technology. We're really good with technology. Just like, well, you got to learn this stuff. Well, we can say it like, well, I put myself in your shoes. But the reality is, what was it like when we struggled with learning with something, no matter what it is? Maybe I tried to whatever, right? Tried to uh, ride a unicycle one time. Well, that I was horrible at that. I fell and said, I'm never going to do this again. Maybe that will help us to be better understanding as someone says, I'm horrible at it. I could never do it. And think about, well, I got to get back on the unicycle and say, man, that would be tough, right? So it's different than just trying to bring ourselves into the situation with all of our knowledge and experience and say, yeah, it's easy. Just suck it up. So that's kind of way I view empathy is that it's frequently missing in sales and in life. And I feel like it's just such a great topic where it makes us all better. Politically, the grocery store, I mean, you name it. When you start having conversations like, I wonder why people, why would they think like that versus what an idiot thinking like that, right? Mm -hmm. It's a huge difference and it makes life that much better, I think. Absolutely. I think also, I always talk about curiosity and how important that is. And I think curiosity embeds itself in empathy because you're curious to understand how someone else is, you know, handling a situation, which means you're going to ask questions. You want to actually understand their perspective versus like you said, just making that assumption like, oh, I know this, they should know that too. It's actually being curious enough and saying, you know, even just asking, are you, is, is this, is learning a struggle? Like, you know, how can I help you? Like mm-hmm. I, I obviously am different. And so I need to understand how I can be assistant, you know, assist you in this versus well, I can do it. Why can't you, you know? And, right, and, right. and I think, and I think also as humans, we, we kind of instantly go there. <laughs> you know, I know I do, even though I feel like I, I, I must, I really try to use empathy, but instead of saying out loud, I, I, I catch myself and say, no, this is not, I'm not talking to Jody. I'm talking to Harry and I need to know what Harry's thinking if I'm going to help Harry. And that is the biggest thing with sales. You have to understand what the other person needs, what their pain point is, what, whatever they're struggling with so that you can assist them. Cause if you don't figure that out, you'll never be talking the same talk with, with the person you're, you know, trying to sell to. 
Exactly. And that's so, and you can see how that applies to different aspects of life, mm-hmm. right? Everything that you just said, bring it to relationships. And, you know, like one of the things that I think about is like, well, there's a lot of people that are successful in sales. And I'm not saying you're doing it wrong. I'm just saying here is something you can add that is going to help you to have better relationships where people don't necessarily ghost you as much. Like this is huge because people lead with product generally. So someone shows interest, they follow up and they keep asking things. They just want to find out where you stand. They want to cut right to the chase, especially if they haven't talked to the person, right? They're on their mind all the time. Right. They're constantly emailing, maybe leaving a voice message to finally get the live person. They say, I want to cut right to the chase and find out where you are. No small talk because of all this tension that's been building up. That's not helpful. Right. So we have to just slow it down and put ourselves and say, Well, this person hasn't spoken to me in three months. They're not thinking of me. They were enough to finally pick the phone. It's such an interesting, I feel like sales is such an interesting conversation in general because we, uh, we always make assumptions and those, (laughs) you know, like, again, like I've been thinking of you, Harry, every day because I've been trying to connect with you, but Harry has had all this other stuff happening. You know, he might have some personal stuff going on. It could be professional stuff. It could be, you know, he's in Cancun and forgot to take his calendar off like I did to you, you know, and all of a sudden I'm not thinking about Harry. I'm in Cancun, but Harry doesn't know that. Right. So there's all these assumptions that we always put on each other. Whereas if we can just eliminate those ask each other, how are you? What's been going on? Let's, let's connect. I know I've been, you know, hounding you about this product, but I just, I want to get, I want to know what's going on with you and, and can, can I help you? Um, and then yeah, stop ghosting. I I've started today. I started doing no thank yous on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So I get so many emails and so many messages and I'm like, maybe if I say no, thank you, they'll Mm. stop hounding mm. me. And I had one guy who just said, thank you. I'll stop. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, Oh, awesome. I got one. I got right. one because again, we're not, we're not leading the conversation in the right way. Right. And on people LinkedIn, yeah, on phone yeah. calls, emails, everything. Yeah. So true. And it's just like, we're, and this is one of the reasons why sales has a bad name because mm-hmm. people are just going to steamroll and not care. And eventually they want to hear that. No. And then they, you know, I'm not in the mood to let, if I have a whole bunch of emails coming in, a lot of DMs coming in and a business to run and clients to help, right? And all the stress is related to that. I mean, it's a great life. Don't get me wrong, but you just don't have time to respond to everybody. And even though I might be in the market for something that could be really awesome and help me, I'm mentally not ready for it. So you know, you can stay in touch. I'm not going to respond to every message because you're not willing to say, if I say, um, I need, give me six months to a year. And I see an email the following week. It's like, Oh, why? You know, you just, you're just trying to push me away maybe. And that's doesn't need to be the case. Put it in the calendar and have a follow-up call. Maybe not six months, but maybe in three months and just say, is everything tracking? 
for six months? Because he said, get back in touch. I just want to make sure everything's nothing's changed. Is everything tracking for a call in the next three months? And be polite and respectful. It's like, no pressure. If they don't respond, it's like, why didn't you respond? You know, I yeah. can't believe the person is so rude. Once we have this attitude, it is so hard to show it, not show it in our face. Right? Absolutely. Right. Yes. So this is where, so it's not the magic of the words. Like you said something earlier, which I loved that you kind of just spitballed and said, I just want to help. If we go in with that same attitude and say, I just want to help, is there a way I can serve? It doesn't often matter what we say, because people will forgive us by how we come across. Right? There's, there's a lot of people that do things wrong in sales that are still ridiculously successful. Why? Because they have heart. And when they have heart, that outweighs the silliness that the, the same person may be doing. They just may talk to us every time and say, I'm so passionate about what I sell here. I'm so passionate about what I sell. I can think about this person that does this. It's like, I'm going to forgive you for your entire life because you're all heart. And you're never going to do anything different. That's okay. You're all heart. You're still going to be success successful. And I'm still going to say, this person is great. She's a little bit crazy, right? She's a little bit over the top, but she is all heart or he's all heart, right? It's not gender, right? You get the idea. Absolutely. And, and I love because it, it does tie into selling with dignity, what you were just talking about. Because if you if you show respect, you show that you want to serve, you show your passion about what you're trying to accomplish and why you want to have this conversation or why you want to help this person, all of that kind of leads to dignity. Um, so this has been so much fun. I've enjoyed the conversation. Um, Harry, if someone wants to connect with you after this podcast, what's the best way for them to do that? And how can they buy your book? Okay. So if the conversation resonates and you just want to have a sales conversation, that's harrychat.com. Um, so that pulls up my calendar, or you could go to uh, sellingwithdignity.com, the book, and you'll find a free download of several chapters of the book to kind of see if that's uh, up your alley. Oh, so wonderful. thank you so much for having me, Jody. This is a blast. Well, thank you for being a part of BookSmart's business podcast. We've enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for listening to the BookSmart's business podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, if you're interested in learning more about possibly becoming an author yourself, please visit OvernightAuthor.com for more information. Until next time.